As we come to this time, a very much an important time in the place of our worship, it's the hearing of God's word. We've heard the message through scripture and through song. We continue to hear that message as we focus upon a few passages of scripture, prophecy from the old and fulfillment in the new. And as we draw together around God's word, we are reminded that it is all about Jesus. The message of this season, the message of Christmas, the message of our lives, the message of every Lord's Day as we gather together is that it's all about Him. For the past few weeks during the Advent season, we have been considering those great I Am statements that are particularly found in the Gospel of John. When Moses was confronted with the eternal God through that bush that was burning but was not consumed, he went back to the people and said, I am has sent me. Jesus identifies himself as the I am, that is the eternal God who was in the beginning. He is the bread of life. He is the true vine. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the sheep gate and the great shepherd of the sheep. He is the one who is the light of the world. See, God reveals himself to us through his words of these scriptures. But the binding that holds the book of his words together is the precious blood of the Lamb, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, it is all about Jesus. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me to the uh, minor prophet Micah. Uh, If you're wondering where he is, because we go to him so infrequently, he is immediately after Jonah. So, If that helps, find Jonah and go one more book, and there is Micah. Uh, Micah chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And then we're going to read a passage in Matthew that you have heard this morning, and a verse from the Gospel of John. Micah chapter 5, verses 1 Now muster yourselves in troops, daughter of troops. They have laid siege against us. With a rod they will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah from you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has borne a child. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel, and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will remain, but at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, from Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, 
are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And John tells us that the word became flesh. And that word dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. The glory as of the only begotten from the Father. Full of grace and truth. The grass withers and flowers fade and fall. But these words of our Lord God endure forever. Heavenly Father. Almighty God. We do pray that we would hear your voice this morning. Through the scriptures, your word to us, and through song and hymns that we have sung. Father, we are thankful that you are our eternal God, and that we are your people, the sheep of your pasture, and that Jesus Christ is our shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. Father, we lift up our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Have you ever overlooked something and later discovered that what you were looking for was right under your nose? You've heard that saying, if it had been a snake, it would have bitten you. It's that close to you. I had this experience just in the past week. I was frantically looking for my car keys. Usually hanging on a little peg right inside the kitchen entrance. They weren't there. I went outside to see if I'd left them in the car, trying to be careful that I did not lock the door behind me. Went back in and looked in my coat pockets and in my pants, and I found my keys. They were in my hand. (laughs) So close, and yet overlooking something that was right in front of my nose. You see in Matthew chapter 2, Herod the king gathers together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and asks, where has the Messiah been born? And the answer is literally right under their nose. They're very familiar with the words of the prophets. The message of the birth of Jesus Christ. Year after year, Christmas after Christmas, we read the the Christmas narrative, the Christmas story. We hear the Advent message of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We sing familiar hymns. Songs. And even then, I'm afraid, we often miss the message. In the franticness of the the days that we live in, in the time that we live in, we miss the message that has become so familiar to us. The ones telling Herod, we hear this message, where Jesus were born were Jewish interpreters of the scriptures. 
They were scribes and, and Pharisees, the Jewish Sanhedrin. Uh, if you want to think of a parallel, you can sort of think of our Supreme Court. It was sort of like that group of people that this leader went to to uh, ask this question about where the Messiah is to come from. And they tell him from Bethlehem because that what is what was written. The Jews in Jesus' day expected the Messiah to come from Bethlehem. And when he did, just as had been prophesied, they didn't recognize him. They completely missed it and the message that was very familiar to them. Even though they knew the truth, they had been bombarded with that truth through the pages of Israel's history, they didn't recognize the one who was to come, King of the Jews. You see, throughout the Bible, Bethlehem plays a big part of the message of the gospel. Jacob's wife, Rachel, died giving birth to a son whom she named Benoni. Now that means nothing to you except my translation of it. And that means son of my sorrow. Jacob renamed that son Benjamin, that you do recognize, son of my right hand. Both of those names point us to the one who is at the right hand of God even now. For he was a man of sorrow, Isaiah said, acquainted with grief. He is now at the right hand of God interceding for us. David was the son, an Ephratite of Bethlehem and Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And Jesse was old in the days of Saul, as we read in 1 Samuel 17, advanced in years among men. David, his son, tended to his father's flock. Where? In Bethlehem. David, as a king, was given a promise. In 1 Chronicles chapter 17, the kings of Israel were supposed to be shepherds of God's people, the sheep of His pasture, and we know, don't we, that most of them then, and most of those shepherds even today, fail miserably. But to David, God said this in 1 Chronicles 17, when your days are fulfilled, that you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up one of your descendants after you, who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build for me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my loving kindness away from him, as I took it from him who was before you. But I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forever. See, we read those words also in Micah, that minor prophet, who was a contemporary with Isaiah as he speaks to God's people, the northern kingdom of Israel, separated from the southern kingdom of Judah. And he speaks to Israel just before the fall. 
of that kingdom in 722 B.C. to the Assyrian Empire. Micah speaks words to God's people to convict them of their disobedience and their sin. But those very same words are used to encourage them through the difficulties that they are about to face. God's promises made to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, those promises that go all the way back to Genesis 3.15, that proto-euangelion, that first message of the good news, are fulfilled in God's chosen ruler who would rule over His people as a king and a shepherd forever. Assyria would come in and occupy Bethlehem but Assyria would never conquer Jerusalem. And Micah says some 800 years before it happens, from the Assyrian-occupied territory, even Bethlehem, God one day is going to raise up a ruler for His people who is a shepherd king. See, Jesus' birth was a fulfillment of that prophesying. The hope bound up in the covenantal promises that God had made to His people find their ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. Because it's all about Him. Here's the one born in the city of David. Bethlehem, which literally means the house of bread. This is where the bread of life comes from. This is where our Savior is born. Matthew uses these, uh, this prophecy and these words and applies them to Jesus, the Messiah. These Jewish people hear Jesus preach as He began His earthly ministry later on in those early years of that first century. And they all expect that the Messiah would have come from Bethlehem. And here is Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Micah tells us that all the Jews in Jesus' day knew that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. See, the Word of God is all about Him. Oh, certainly it is about God. But as I said earlier, it is bound together by the precious blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is that Messiah that was prophesied about from Genesis through all the prophets, major and minor. He is what our New Testament is about. And I would pose to you, even the book of Revelation is all about Jesus. This promised ruler is one who comes as a king and as a shepherd to his people. As a king, he rules and defends us. As a shepherd, he brings us peace that reaches at times beyond our ability to comprehend that there would even be peace in our time when there's so much unrest and uneasiness about what is going on. How does Jesus do all this for us? 
He brings us peace to God. He reconciles us to the one who is our creator. Because he dies as a substitute for us. For me, for you. All mankind, we know, by Adam's fall, has lost communion with God, or under his wrath and curse. There is none righteous, not even one. We are all sinners. And even while we were sinners, God sent his one and only son, born of a woman, born under the law. Christ has died for you. And by the merit of his blood, he takes what we deserve so that we receive God's grace and mercy. Christ intercedes for us as a priest. As a priest who offers up his sacrifices daily in the temple, in the tabernacle, offered those sacrifices on behalf of the people. Jesus offers up himself as a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice, to reconcile us to God. He continues to intercede for us because he is physically at the right hand of God right now. He said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Believe in God, believe also in me. See, Jesus Christ is the one who has come as a fulfillment of all of the promises that he has made, that God has made to us in his word. The promises in Micah were first made to God's people centuries ago. To a people that were about to be invaded by a foreign enemy and army. And you right now can stop and think what that would be like. What it would feel like if your home country, if your land here today were invaded by a foreign power. By a foreign enemy. You know, we live in what is called the Bible Belt. And even so, sometimes it's easy to miss and truly appreciate something that is right in the palm of our hands, right under our very Noses. We grow so accustomed to the words and the hymns and the songs and the, the Christian phrases that fall so easily off of our lips. We sing those hymns and read the Christmas narrative and hear it read. But do we really know? Really know? With our head, with our heart, the one who was born in Bethlehem the city of David, the one who is the Messiah, Christ our Lord. See, this season is all about Jesus. Every Lord's day is all about Him. Every day. We can break it down even further than that. Every breath we take is all about Him. He is the calm in the storm. 
He is our bread in the midst of famine. He is living water in a dry land. He is light in the darkness. He is the faithful shepherd who gathers his people as sheep into the sheepfold where they will find peace and rest for their weary and fretful and fearful souls. He is our Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And we can say, if asked, what's it all about? Every one of us will say it's all about Jesus. All Scripture from Genesis to Revelation reveals to us this one who was born in Bethlehem, our Savior, Christ the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do pray as we close this time here today that it would have been as we leave here all about Him. All about Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. All about Him who sits at Your righteous right hand even now. Father, as we conclude this time, as we leave this place, and we look forward to this coming week, may every word we speak, every action we take, and every gift we give, Be in the name of the one who is the most precious gift of all, our Savior Jesus Christ. May it all be about Him. Father, we pray in His name. Amen.